Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. This week, it's the smugglers. But first, join us for the whiskey of the week. Ding. <laughs> join us. It feels so proper. I know. I know. I love it when all of a sudden Tea we time. get like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this week, we are drinking. Uncle Nearest, mm-hmm. 1884, All right. which is their small batch whiskey line. Okay. Now, this was actually recommended by a listener. Mm-hmm. Hi, Bill. Hi. And I was excited to see it because it's one that I wanted to try for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they're from Nearest Grain Distillery out of Shelbyville, Tennessee, and okay. that's around the area that I used to go for like winter retreats and bullshit mm, okay. when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was really excited for that. Your comment on the name was it Uncle Nearest. It just reminds me of it, like it should be a member of the Adams family. Yeah, you know. Now Uncle Nearest was actually a dude man that taught Jack Daniels how to distill whiskey hmm. from the Uncle Nearest website. Uncle Nearest whiskey is inspired by the best whiskey maker the world never knew, the first African American master distiller on record in the United States, Nearest Green. The Uncle Nearest brand, wholly owned by Uncle Nearest Incorporated, encompasses a premium-aged whiskey, an 11-year-old single-barrel product, and a 7-year-old small-batch offering, which is what we have, Mm -hmm. all distilled, aged, bottled, and hand-labeled in Tennessee. And they got lots and lots of awards. But Uncle Nearest was the guy that taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. Mm, And what's also really incredible about this is that their CEO, Fawn Weaver, who I definitely follow on Instagram, she is awesome she tours the country speaking is a badass strong black woman and her entire board is made up of women nice and so this is a women-run whiskey company and so i was really excited to see it and so this season um, i think i might be looking more into either master distillers that are women ceos that are women mm-hmm. um, inspired by women so we might have a more we might not see as many texas All right. labels this year but more yeah, the, lady focused yeah woman-centered yes women you know, whiskey it, you know we've got some like skin in that game yeah you know being women and into whiskey. And into whiskey. On a public platform. <laughs> so the Women Whiskey of the Week. Women Whiskey of the Week. Ooh. Ooh smooth. Like butter. Mmm. It smells a little sweet from here. But it, it does smell sweet. Yeah. I already get like a caramel nose coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Do you hear me use that like light lingo? Look at you. You sound like you almost know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can place karma we all while I spill this on the table. Right over all the electronics. Wow. Wow. That is definitely, yeah, okay. Okay. Well, 
This is if this is a little insight into how the night's gonna go. All right, let's let's smell this one. Cheers, bitch. Cheers. All right. Smells different up close. Yeah, I was definitely getting more of the caramel coming out of the bottle than I do mm-hmm. out of the glass. Right. Maybe it's the cork, something on the cork. I don't know. No? Hmm. I don't know. This it still smells kind of sweet. It does. Hmm. It's a little smoky. And it's got a stain. It's like sharp. It's got a stain. Yeah, it immediately it hits my tongue and it immediately like shrivels up. Yeah. It, ooh, yeah, this is this has a punch. Yeah, it my like punch. like the the hard skin on your elbow got like goosebumps. Mm-hmm. You know, my kneecaps got goosebumps. Mm. Ooh. I would definitely love to taste this on the on rocks. the rocks. Yeah, this is not gonna be a Ooh. for me a, a neat like women around the world strong yeah. as fuck. Yeah. All right, let's pause, pause while we do a nice little da- ice ice. Da- 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 music, music, music. <laughs> whiskey, whiskey. All right, so we have now poured some whiskey over rocks. A rock, a single rock. I can smell a little bit more of the sweetness now yeah. that it opened up. Mm-hmm. Immediately better. It takes away that initial punch. Yeah. But it's still enough. It, it still has enough. Oh, I love umph. it. I love mm-hmm. it now. Yeah, it it's has super umph. smooth. Wouldn't be a go to a go to for me because it's very punchy. But oh uh, yeah, over the rocks. I mean, this is now on my shelf mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. rocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's immediately good, yeah. like a caramel. Mm-hmm. It's got that like just that hint of vanilla y sweetness without being that fucking Kalito Creek bullshit. Interesting. You um, taste vanilla. Maybe I don't know. Definitely caramel. Something sweet. Something sweet. Natural sweetness. Like a sweetness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Bath and Body Works. Oh, absolutely not. No chemicals. I can see some of the sweetness. It also, it just it, it packs. It, it's kind of like I think I would compare it to when you have like spicy chocolate. Ooh, you know the yeah. sweetness masks the punch, but there's mm-hmm. still a punch. Mm-hmm. This doesn't the the having it on the rocks definitely softens the blow a mm-hmm. bit. It's not as sharp. Um, I don't feel like my esophagus is shriveling up. You know, as soon as it, con- yeah. it touches it. No, on the rocks, it becomes dangerous. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. like I'm almost done with that glass. Yeah, yeah, it becomes dangerous on the rocks. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. yeah, that's real good. So. Score time. I'm going to say it is sippable on the rocks. Uh, I wouldn't recommend to shoot it, (laughs) honestly, because at this point, just enjoy the whiskey. Enjoy Mm -hmm. the ride, you know? Mm -hmm. If you do want to pack a punch one day, let's say you're feeling extra spicy, for sure. Mm -hmm. Have it neat. Sure. But on the off day that you're not feeling spicy, you just want to relax, or you're feeling a little sassy, but don't want to pack the final punch, you know? Mm -hmm. Rocks. So I give it, for all those reasons, (laughs) I would say I would give it a 8.4. I gave it an Mm 8.8. 
Um, it's smooth on the rocks. You know, it's got that kick. If you like the kick, if you want to drink it neat, I could see it going great in cocktails. Mm -hmm. It's regardless of all of the cool shit going on behind the scenes, you know, it's a solid whiskey. Mm -hmm. It like, it kicks me like a whiskey. It's smooth like a whiskey. It tastes yum. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very delicious whiskey and it's not, I don't have a higher ranking for it because it it is very punchy for me and I I don't necessarily like the punchiness too much. If I enjoyed it more neat, Mm -hmm. it would have still gotten a high, it probably would have been in the nines, Mm -hmm. but that initial kick on the neat just means that I probably won't want to drink it neat and I would love to be able to say that I also loved it neat. All right, so you ready to talk about some smugglers? Yeah. Awesome. So this week, we're discussing the smugglers. Mm -hmm. It ran from September 10th to October 1st of 1966. So in the uh, historical recap, I am going to include things that happened during the break leading up to from the end of season three to the beginning of season four. Awesome. So we're looking at things like um, starting in July 30th, uh, we're going to start nice and super happy. Uh, U.S. planes bombed the demilitarized zone in Vietnam, which again is a war crime. All right. Started Uh, not kicking it off with some joy. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to keep, we're going to take it right down on the bottom. All right. July 31st, some folks in Alabama got mad and burned after paying money for them, Mm -hmm. Beatles products after Lennon had said they were more popular than Jesus. Okay. So Lennon got the money and they got to burn the shit. Right. But they paid to get the shit to burn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Right. Maybe that was also their secretly genius way of supporting them, but like fronting. Right. Yeah. One could dream. One could hope. But we really know that's not the case. They're just dumb. They were just dumb. (laughs) Now, August 3rd, South Africa bans Beatles records, but to be fair, they've also officially banned like 600 other folks during this time. And being banned by South Africa at this point probably means you're not actually a hugely shitty person. (laughs) So haven't you been banned? Yeah. Like join the club. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now, meanwhile, the Beatles don't give a fuck. They drop Revolver in the UK on August 5th and Yellow Submarine and Eleanor Rigby as singles during this time. Eleanor so Ruby. some beautiful classics. Eleanor Rigby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a kiss. big, I'm a big Yellow Submarine fan. Mm-hmm. August 14th, the U.S. Lunar Orbiter begins orbiting the moon, and on the 23rd, it took the first photograph of Earth from the moon. Mm. So we got some cool space shit happening. Cool. Uh, August 29th was the Beatles' last public concert. So we are at kind of the end of Beatlemania, which for some reason in my brain did not happen this early. Yeah. This seems really early. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there we go. Yeah. Now, September 8th is a big day because Doctor Who finally gets some competition. Okay. A tiny little nothing TV show that never amounts to anything premieres on NBC Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. called Star Trek. Right. Okay. So Star Trek has started. Okay. You know, season four over here, season one over there. If you've never watched classic Star Trek, it is just as weird as classic Doctor Who. (laughs) Just got to tell you. But it's got some great shit in it. Tribbles, Mm -hmm. Spock, Kirk, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. Uh, September 10th, Yellow Submarine and Eleanor Rigby go number one. 
September 12th, The Monkees premieres on NBC, which mm-hmm. is very exciting for me. <laughs> September 15th, Lyndon B. Johnson responding to a sniper attack, which killed 16 and wounded 31 at UT Austin, writes a letter to the, to the United States Congress urging the enactment of gun control legislation. Hmm. Crickets. Right. Uh, Crickets. Is, is this 2021? <laughs> September 15th. 1966. Yeah, it's been that long, right? Crickets. Mm-hmm. Crickets. Crickets. Mm-hmm. This story was written by Brian Hales and directed by Julia Smith, a woman. Hi. Our script editor is Jerry Davis and is produced by Innes Lloyd. So they haven't changed. They're the same. Okay. Great, great, great. Now, do the names Brian Hales or Julia Smith mean anything to you? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Julia Smith will direct one more episode, but she's really most well known for creating EastEnders with Doctor Who actor alum Tony Holland, who was in The Savages. And we kind of talked about what the EastEnders was in that episode. Uh-huh. Now, Brian Hales has written one other story. Okay. The Celestial Toymaker. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, fun. Fun yeah. Now, a lot of the surviving footage is because this is actually a pretty violent episode for its time. Mm-hmm. And the censored clips in Australia survived. So it's kind of why we have a lot of the like knife throwing and, and the then fighting just like, and the, yeah. Okay. So that's why we have a lot of that footage is gotcha. because it got censored in Australia and those parts got clipped and therefore survived the junking. Mm -hmm. This episode was much like our previous seasons, where the first episode of season four was actually a part of the last production block. Gotcha. So in the terms of how they were filming it, this is really the end cap of the last season. Mm -hmm. And this is the first story to have a major on-location filming, which they did in Cornwall, Mm -hmm. and they actually tried to do it on a boat out in like a harbor, but too many people got seasick. So they took it out of the harbor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That would be fucking dumb. Yeah. And it's the only historical since the Aztecs to not feature like a featured historical character. Right. You know, we had nobody that actually made it into the history books. Gotcha. They're all exaggerated caricatures of the time period. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Now for our green room segment. All right. Uh, Terrence DeMarney, who played Longfoot, who was that original, the priest at the beginning right. who got murked real early mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. he did a shit ton of acting in the UK, but he also moved to the US for a little bit and was in the Ten Commandments and Spartacus. He looks like he'd be in like a Bible story. Yeah. No, well, he was. He looks Bible-y. Yeah, he was, he was in a Bible story. <laughs> he looks biblical. <laughs> yeah. He was in a Bible story and in a slave revolt story. So, you know, you know same one thing. One the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was nice. That's why we vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then he came back to the UK and did Zed Cars and Doctor Who. Okay. Um, so this was like the end of his career. Gotcha. Now, John Ringham, who played Josiah Blake, was also Tlatoxel in the Aztecs, the quote unquote crazy priest. Okay. That made sense. He yeah. looked a little familiar. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was definitely in, in like brown face in the Aztecs sure. and got you know. to be white here, but you know, you whatever, know whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I recognize those eyes. <laughs> crazy eyes. Derek Ware, who played the Spaniard at the very, he was only in the last episode. Uh-huh. He was actually a prominent stuntman of the time. Interesting. And so I really wish we had his footage. Yeah. But he's going to be interesting because he actually creates a stunt company called Havoc mm-hmm. and Havoc will be used a lot in the 70s. 
And so he basically mm. like has the stunt team for Doctor Who. Mm. So we'll see a lot more of them later. Very nicely situated. Well right. done. So I have a couple of like little historical musings before we get into the story that don't have a lot to do with the story, but kind of set up set the stage what we're actually looking at literally right Mm -hmm. Uh, during the time this is set smuggling was a major source of income Mm. almost everybody in any kind of a community had a hand in it or profited in it from some way or knew someone was what or knew someone was doing it and was turning a blind eye smuggling as in smuggling goods yeah so drugs Mostly goods okay. at this point. This okay. is really more good. Um, yeah, that this kind is of early thing. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really, really early. Mm-hmm. And whether you are the actual sailor, the guy on the shoreline saying that your wine was something else, uh, the barman taking in non-tax liquor, or the government man paid to look the other way, everybody kind of had some kind of a hand in it. And most mm-hmm. smugglers, we got a very piratey aspect of smuggling this right. time. But most smugglers were most interested, this might come as a shock, but were most interested in getting food on their table, mm. not like growing rich. Right. They were trying to just feed Survive, themselves. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this may come as a shock to some people, but a lot of people don't actually turn to illegal activities just because. Mm-hmm. It's usually at a necessity. Sometimes it's just because, but Sometimes not all it's the just because, but like not all the time. Not all right. The time. At this point in their history, there was actually a huge tax on things coming from the mainland Europe to England. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, tea could be bought in Europe for one sixth of the price in Britain. Hmm. Okay. So that they just turned around and taxed the shit out of the United States. Right. You know, you what know. comes around comes around. Right. French brandy was one-fifth the price. Okay. So it was hugely taxed. And so, of course, you're going to try and smuggle that shit in. Like, why am I going to pay 25 bucks when it's really cost $5? Exactly. Um, half a million gallons of French brandy per year was probably smuggled into England Damn. during this time. It was a huge enterprise. Wow. Um, being caught was often punished and usually punished by transportation to the colonies, Hello, Australia. Right. Hey, guys. Welcome. (laughs) Uh, But there are cases of hangings as examples. Now, if you would like a nice historical fiction kind of reading into the smugglers, um, I would actually recommend you can get the novelization of this, but, you know, on your own head, be it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you want something else, I actually recommend the third book in Outlander because they go really into it because a lot of the characters get involved with his smuggling and Gabaldon does a fantastic job of researching and it's a it's a very good insight into what smuggling in this time period would look like gotcha okay and why and why you do it right uh so what were your first impressions of the smugglers the smugglers i it's it's it was funny because i'm kind of watching a piratey comedy on HBO right now. <laughs> so every time uh like I saw Pike, the Pike guy, I just uh-huh. thought about like Candles. Blackbeard. When I want that's a that that's a different pirate. <laughs> that's a different take on yeah, pirates. I I only, that's the only thing I can think of whenever you say the word pirates. That's the more X rated take yeah. on pirates. <laughs> We're dating ourselves again. <laughs> 
But no, I thought more of just the comedic aspect of, mm. of the way that the show portrays pirates yeah. and, and just, you know, Blackbeard and whatever. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't take it as seriously <laughs> just because of, of that okay. of that light. That's you know? fine. You probably benefited from that, <laughs> to be perfectly frank. Uh, yeah. But so one thing that was – it was difficult for me and maybe because I maybe cast it on my TV, but there were some – some bits where the audio was super muffled that I really wish there I was. I complained about that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I really wish we could do like a closed captioning option. Yeah. Uh, because for for a while there, I was confused as to whether the squire like knew that the Pike Pirate was the Pike Pirate mm-hmm. and then like he was actually in cahoots with the yeah. Pike Pirate or if it was that he fell for the Pike Pirates disguise because at that time you don't have pictures of people so you don't know what they look like. I also think that's slightly intentional. Oh, okay. I I think you were supposed to wonder if he was in yeah. on it or not. Yeah, because it took me to the end where I was like, oh, he really didn't know. Yeah. To, to realize that. Yeah. So I just thought maybe that was a product of the audio yeah. that I just... But the audio something. was also difficult. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard It was too. like echoey and then they got down in that tomb where it was yeah. echoey in any way and then it just got more echoey. Yeah, yeah. that was... I, I made notes that that was rough too. Yeah. But I also just enjoyed our first... Uh, view into the gang honestly yeah like, Polly and Ben Ben and Polly are pretty damn good companions they have yeah. fucking common sense yeah. you know and, and what we interpret as ha- being common mm-hmm, sensical mm-hmm, or having mm-hmm. common sense <laughs> um, so yeah overall I enjoyed it I'm super happy for you mm-hmm. because I straight up almost pulled a gin yeah and like I wanted to fall asleep so bad I was so fucking bored mm-hmm. I mean it was boring and I think I would have enjoyed it better had I n- not been doing a close watching of it gotcha if I had not been like paying it t- if I could have put it on in the background and like played my video games mm-hmm. I probably would have been like that was a decent story like I'm not mad at it but like I'm mad at it because I had to pay attention right so yeah I can see where my thinking of it made it Made me bear, like bearable. Right, 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 right. Where like if you could put any kind of anything on it, I'm sh- it had to have been better because it was just for me. It was just, eh. mm. it was just. Eh. Yeah, for me it was like yeah, it, it was, was like it was okay. It, you know, the, I didn't fall asleep. Yeah, for me it was the pitch of a story. Mm, yeah, and then nobody remembered that we needed to make it like Doctor Who. Gotcha. Like I was like, where's Doctor Who? Where's the Doctor yeah. Who in this? Where's the space? Where's the yeah. baddie? Where's the I know future shit? There was none of that. It was the fucking 1700s. I mean, maybe it was intentional just to showcase how badass our companions were. No, I don't care. <laughs> You're like, it was terrible. No, I know. I w- no, I wish that they could have dealt with mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. But like, and like, that's fine, but it still didn't feel like Doctor Who. It felt like. Like a pot, like I was watching like Peter Pan or something. A basic Mm -hmm. children's show of the 1700s. Yeah. You know, it's like if you put, did like Wishbone without Wishbone and no comedy. Oh, yeah. You know? (sighs) Wishbone dating ourselves again. I know. But that was a fucking great Uh, show. Yeah. Super good show. A dog. Yeah. Traveling through history. And books. and Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, do you want to hear the brief synopsis? Take it away. Let's do it. Yeah. This week, the newly minted TARDIS gang stopped off in Cornwall, where they got mixed up in some smuggling. Ben and Polly pretended to be witches. The doctor tries his hand at fortune telling, and a lot of people got stabbed. Welcome to season four. Hey. <laughs> I like that. 
all that happened. I like that. Nobody yeah. else mattered. That was, was a just... very great. Oh, episode. and there was like some pretty heavy racism in there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Pour one out for Jamaica. Oh, God. <sighs> yeah, definitely my, one of the comments I made, Jamaica is a black man. <laughs> Oh, and like minstreled out. Yeah, with a very bad attempt at a Jamaican accent. And the, and it's, I was actually sad that it's some of the only footage that we have of it Mm -hmm. was watching him do those minstrel caricatures Mm -hmm. with the big eyes and like Mm -hmm. all of that shit. And it just made me remember that we just learned that the minstrel show was still on. 40 years. Yeah. Well, while this is running, you know, and so that this ness not wouldn't necessarily have been like seen as untoward or bad because like yeah. on, you know, flip the channel over and there's the minstrel show doing the same thing, but probably worse. Yeah. And they were probably like, but look, we put a black man in the show. Right. But like this is Hashtag the same diversity. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the same dude that wrote the celestial toy maker, so he can fuck all the way off. Yeah. And yeah, just like Jamaica being Jamaica and like the Spaniard being yeah. the Spaniard. Yeah. You know, very much like, like Okay, like we got okay, it. We're bitch. othering them. Right, Fine. Right. Um, so let's get into the TARDIS points. Tardis, Tardis, Tardis. <laughs> different, different twang each time. Yeah. You know? Dude, this shit, I'm a little lit. I'm a little lit, yeah. So, Jen. Yes, ma'am. What's Tardis points stand for? Terrifically arbitrary rankings determined with intoxicated and literally today seriousness. Yee. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the doctor. All right, let's do it. Uh, how'd you feel about the doctor for this story? It <laughs> it was the the first scene was really funny to me because he was just so fucking annoyed. Yeah, and so I annoyed. almost think he was more annoyed not because he had new people on the TARDIS, but because he had to explain it yeah. over yeah. again. Yeah, he was like fuck. But then at this after a while, I think he just started laughing about it. He's just like, you know what? Like they don't know. Yeah, and I gonna, loved it. He was like, oh, I get to do this all again. Yeah. He was like, I forgot how like forgot, nice it is yeah. to have new people. I like, you know, teaching people and showing yeah. people about this. So it was interesting just to see the, that like duality that yeah. he had. Just yeah. a little, like a fucking grouch, but also, I also think at some point he got happy because he realized like my companions aren't dumbasses, you know? Yeah. We are stepping it on the fuck up yeah. you know We're, we are moving on up in the world yeah i was really struck by the difference it really reminded me of when um so our first you know we first went to the caves whatever but when we got to the daleks in season one mm-hmm. and ian and barbara were all like we should stay at the TARDIS. And the doctor had to come up with some fabrication on why we need to go explore, mm-hmm. right? And why we all thought he was an asshole for doing that. And mm-hmm. he like low-key was. Mm-hmm. Watching Ben and Polly get out of the TARDIS and go, fuck yeah, we're going to climb the cliff. Right. Let's yeah. climb the cliff. Right. Woo, let's climb the cliff. <laughs> you know, and the doctor going, oh. Oh, I get okay. to chase them. Let's yeah. go. Let's yes. go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's oh, we're traveling through time and space. So we're not going to be in the modern world. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting, Bo. <laughs> so excited that my dog just came to be part of the <laughs> part of the excitement. 
You're such a nosy little dude. You just like to be in the mix. Especially this time because he didn't kidnap Ben and Polly. He truly demilitarized. (laughs) (laughs) Got a lot of that on my mind. (laughs) Uh, Dematerialized. Right. There is a nose in my crotch. (laughs) Yeah, I just just see his, I feel his tail (laughs) wagging, like fucking beating my leg. Bo. Hey, what's up, Bobo? You're Hi. such a weirdo, my dude. Hi. Hey, Bobo. Yeah, this time he dematerialized before he realized he, they were in there. And I think right. that's one of the reasons he was pissed right. at the beginning. So he was like, what the fuck? Right. He's like, who the fuck is on my shit? Why the fuck are you here? Right. Like, and I wouldn't, like, I probably wouldn't have left this time if I had known y'all were here. But because, then, yeah. And then I really liked how they were like, yeah, we'll just drop us off. And he was like, bitch, I can't. <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this time he was acknowledging that he couldn't fly the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. He couldn't control where it went. I don't mm-hmm. know the fuck it's going to land. I don't know when it's going to land. I don't know where it's going to land. Who knows when we're going to get you back to 1966, homie? You know what? Uh, just stop thinking about that damn ship. We're not going to make it on the ship. Yeah, who cares about the Navy, bro? You're done. Yeah, we're you're, you're with me. Yeah, That's s- it. Suck it up. You're with me now. Peace out, motherfucker. And Ben and Polly kind of have this side moment. And the doctor has this beautiful little aside where he's like, essentially like, I'm not going to be by myself anymore. Right. Like you had this moment of like, I was afraid I was going to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And now I'm very, not. Like, very infantile, you know? Just yeah. Very, yeah. Very like. Oh, I have friends. People yeah. sat with me at lunch. Right. Oh. I mean, like, they don't really have any choice now. But, right. But it's sweet that they you know, kind of yeah. thought they could leave and they thought to return my thing to me. Right. You know, so it's not technically kidnapping, but, you know. It's, so. Yeah, this time it's not. <clears throat> I wasn't intentionally trying to take you. You just happened to stick your nose into Meddle into business you shouldn't have been meddling in. Right. Yeah. And he was well intentioned. Yeah. And he was even like, where the fuck you get a key? You know, like just totally clueless that they were coming on board. Right. Um, so I really liked that they gave him a reason for being pissy mm-hmm. and immediately had them turn that pissiness around mm-hmm. and get excited by turn that frown upside down. <laughs> and get excited by the energy that Polly and Ben brought for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that was the beginning of episode one. How did mm-hmm. you feel about the rest of the story with him? Let's see what my notes have to say. I honestly don't... He didn't really make too much of an appearance on my notes. It was more of the other characters because I really was just really drawn towards Ben and Polly, like that duo. Yeah. But... Yeah, because here is like, yeah, he's continuing with the running joke of not having the TARDIS. Literally, I'm writing about everyone else. Like, I'm looking through my notes. Oh, okay, cool. Episode three, where I had something to say about him having like a moral compass all of a sudden. Just like he... All of a sudden, it was like, I, I can't, like, destroy this town. Like, there yeah. is profit. Like, shit's going to happen to this mm-hmm. town. I can't sit back and not do anything. And I was yeah. like, okay, well, where the fuck was this energy during the massacre? Yeah. <laughs> like, you literally said you couldn't change history. Right. Like, this is maybe part of this town's history. Yeah. The subjectivity of... it's inter- And it's interesting because the massacre had, quote, unquote, historical figures. Right. They had people that are in the textbooks. This is what they did. This is when they did it. And this story is not in the textbooks. Mm -hmm. And so is there a difference in I cannot change 
there. So in history, there is a, a, a theory that people can follow that is the, called the great man theory. Mm-hmm. And it's where you follow history by what Alexander the Great did, what gotcha. Julius Caesar did, not looking at the me's of Rome. Gotcha. Who is actually doing the day to day life? Julius Caesar is making these, or like if you want, followed American history just by the presidents. Gotcha, gotcha. Where uh-huh. most of the time it's regular ass people making history, mm-hmm. but yeah. the president gets the credit. Oh, the credit, yeah, yeah. Because it's during their quote unquote reign. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the doctor subscribes to the great man theory, which would have been more popular at the time anyway. Mm-hmm. It's really have got, has gone out of vogue pretty recently Mm -hmm. in terms of history. And so I've always thought that was interesting because it's going to be a continuing conversation of Mm. where does the doctor feel like he could change history and where does he not? Because even when the doctor goes into the future, it's still somebody's history. Right, exactly. And so where are, as we move forward, it'll be interesting to see what you think his his paradigm is. Right. Well, even just the way that you're saying it right now, then it really shows the writer influence mm-hmm. on the doctor right because what we're deeming as historicals are mm-hmm. what you know our species in our time deems as historical right, right. it's our timeline yeah but not necessarily reflective of maybe what the doctor's history or like right. his species mm-hmm. what their historical moments are mm-hmm. so at this so at the same time it's very it's very much very subjective like it, and we can show just that that flaw in mm-hmm. that that extra step of the writing right and it's not the writer's fault like obviously but it, it's something that it was like if you really want to take it to that level yeah this should have been a, a loop that we also close. Right. You know, because right. now what is historic, you know, what truly is historical, mm-hmm. obviously we're going to keep weighing what historical is on what we know is historical. But then I also think that skews then inadvertently the, the scores or the way that I would see the doctor because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just basing it off of what I know is history versus like maybe – Maybe this town was super fucked, you know? Maybe yeah. they were doing a bunch of fuck shit and, you know, it it wouldn't have been such a bad thing right. that this happened, you know? But you don't know that and it's not clear to us that the doctor does or does not know that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and that just comes from, real. that's just really reflective of the brains in the room mm-hmm. and just how they thought of the world and they thought of contextualized right. mm-hmm. contextualizing it within you know the context of the modern viewer yeah 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 in that time yeah it's i think it definitely comes into the whole idea that the massacre happened mm-hmm. and we know that it happened we can't say that it didn't happen because where would we be now right but this could or couldn't have happened it did and didn't happen all up and down the english coast right and so regardless of how we frame it, mm-hmm. either one is correct because this isn't a documentable case. Right. And so it'll be it'll be interesting as we go forward where we have quote unquote figures, people that existed, and where we don't, and how does the doctor decide in what cases can is do his choices affect history? Right. And where is he allowed to save people? Right. Yeah, I think that's interesting that you picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't write much about him after that first scene. Uh, you know, he got 
more involved at the end where he got clever again ish mm-hmm. it was a bad, stupid riddle right. i didn't even pay attention enough to like I'm follow like, tombstone's it. great yeah there had to be some sort of element of like when ben and polly were <sighs> like oh these tombstones say cool things <clears throat> i was like man i would love to go to the haunted mansion right was- yeah me too i was also just like i i've never decided to look at you know, oh, like I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah that I, I would definitely would if I was in a graveyard. Definitely. I just yeah. don't tend to be in graveyards very often. Right. right like, right, I'm not right. that bitch. Right. Um, but I'm not a graveyard bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you know. But it did remind me of walking through the lines at the Haunted Mansion and reading all mm-hmm. of the satirical gravestones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. all that kind of shit. And the second they started being clever, there was the one that was like the small beer bullshit. And I was like, Oh, this has something to do with gold. Right. I was like, yeah, these yeah, are hints. Yeah. I was like, these are important. You need to be writing these down, yeah. Ben and Polly. Yeah. At yeah. least commit them to memory. You'll be real right. companions if you can mm-hmm. remember this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was just, he was a fortune teller at one point, And I guess that was fun. Right. That was different from what he's kind of done before. So that was fun. Yeah. But he didn't, he wasn't super present and he wasn't an active catalyst. It, it was that whole no. thing that I kind of said in the beginning where this didn't super feel like Doctor Who. And I think a huge part of that was that the doctor was largely absent, but for no real good reason. Right. This was definitely the Ben and Polly show. Yeah. And when I have my companions, especially on their first run, part of what I'm looking for is the dynamic with the doctor. Because mm-hmm. this is fucking Doctor Who. Right. After all. And so we did miss that. I'm glad we got a lot of Ben and Polly and we'll mm-hmm. talk about them next. But, but... I really wish that I could have seen more about how they interact with the doctor. With the doctor. Yeah. So what do you give him for the first episode of season four? So doctor took a back seat, you know, really took a back seat. I'm going to give him a six. And that's just because of, I really enjoyed that transition at the beginning of, of mm-hmm. the episode. Mm-hmm. So you gave the doctor a six because mm-hmm. you you really liked because you really liked the presence that really at the beginning mm-hmm. right kind of disappeared at the end mm-hmm. that's why I gave him a five yeah makes sense because I really did like him in that first like fifteen minutes yeah but the first fifteen minutes of the first episode of a four part story is not going to say bode well my friends yeah yeah um but i also can't forget that we're really looking at the doc that william hartnell is you know struggling with his health and he's in decline with his relationship with everybody and so it's not lost on me that's happening he does like in the stills, his hair was yeah, like in the stills he was like, looking less quaker oats and more uh doc brown from <laughs> yes. back to the future yeah you know very much so very that's that. exactly it yeah, yeah 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 he went from very quaffed to just like time travel yeah. so you know that shit was happening if yeah if he, the exterior if he was like outwardly presenting yeah like that some some things had to happen yeah like even his know? wig friend is like I, I can't deal yeah like i can't do this dude so you gave him a six, I gave him a five. Let's move on to the duo of the hour. Oh, well, yeah. Let's talk about Ben first. Yeah. Ben is just out here fighting people, just not giving a fuck, you know? He's like what I always wanted Ian and Steven to be. Honestly, yeah. He's very much the no-nonsense, like he's definitely 
He's definitely not the brightest tool in the shed, right? But he will have your back a hundred percent, and he will, he will, yeah, that's it. He'll have your back, yeah, and he'll back up his, you know, he'll talk the talk, but he'll walk the walk, yeah. You know, he will kick some bitches' ass, yeah. No, and he can, and then, but he's also, I really liked him because at the beginning when he's like, no, we got to get back, we got to get back, and the doctor's like, we fucking can't. Right, right, we right. We can't. Right. It is not happening. Right. And Ben goes, oh, there's got to be a pub somewhere. Right. Let's go have a drink. Let's have a drink. We can figure this very out. Very me. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I loved it. We have. We need a break. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And then. Perfect. If we need a break, let's go to the pub. Yeah. Because, yes, a cold one will help me deal with this And then situation. when they get to the pub and somebody tries to get frisky with the doctor, Ben's like, yo, what the fuck is your problem? Right. Why are you messing with that old man? You want to mess with somebody, mess with me. Right. I'm just trying to have a drink, but also come for it. Like, what you doing, man? Right. I really, I really liked Ben. Mm-hmm. He was fun. Mm-hmm. I like that he made fun of Polly a lot. Yeah. They're the, and yeah. it wasn't that, and it was that fun, flirty kind. It wasn't, right. I'm assuming I'm going to get in your pants. Right. It's, I still really want to get your pants. Yeah. I, I want to be friends, wink, wink. You know, I want to get close to you, girl. Yeah. And, and like, I feel like she was feeling what he was putting down. Oh, for sure. For the most for part. Sure. She was definitely picking it up. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was like, you know, I may be stuck in this situation, but damn, she's hot. We're together, boo. Let's do it. Let's like, do this it. isn't the worst thing ever. Right. Right. If I had to be stuck with anyone, I'm glad it's you. Yeah. Now, the only thing that I didn't like, and this will always be a pet peeve of mine, is where we're in a situation where we either know that time travel and spaceships are not a thing, or we are unsure that they exist in the culture we are in. Right. Don't fucking tell them, dude. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. We have established in the beginning that they killed people for thinking they're witches. That was a whole major plot line. Right. Exactly. And now you're going to tell them that you're fucking time travel and space traveler? Shut the fuck up. Right. Like, you're really blowing up your Come on, Barbara. Right. Like, chill. Chill. (laughs) Is this your first time on the TARDIS? (laughs) (laughs) Very that. First time? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But other than that, and because he has been throughout it kind of an airhead mm-hmm. i'm not as mad at him right but i still don't like it right yeah <laughs> i still don't like it. it yeah sure anything else that you kind of no like yeah a lot. he didn't do it, it wasn't a lot it was definitely an establishment story we didn't for get sure. a lot from their characters and i think that's because we don't get a lot from the story it was honestly just a showing that we're different yeah we're gonna be different companions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i'm here for it and i like that he followed polly's lead for the yeah. most part yeah, you know, it takes a real man. It does. To not succumb to fragile masculinity. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unlike Cherub. <laughs> oh, we'll get to Cherub. <laughs> uh, so, what you give him? Ben, for his first time showing out, I'm going to give him a 6.5. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gave him a 7.5. I really enjoyed him. Yeah, I enjoyed him I a enjoyed lot. Him. And mm-hmm. he probably gets a 7.5 because I liked him so much better than Stephen and Ian. Right. Especially because they're filling a similar caricature type. Yes, definitely. You know, he got the macho-ness of Stephen and the, I mean, the macho, JK, LOL, the macho-ness of Ian and the goofiness of Stephen. And it happened, and it really works. This is very much like he is the... A Powerpuff Girls concoction 
He uses sugar and spice, sugar and, spice everything and everything nice, nice yeah. you know, of this whole thing. And chemical X. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which we'll see if he has it, you know. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, I'm here for it. Awesome. So let's talk about Polly. Hey, girl. I stand a legend. Yeah. she's She is uh, setting herself up to be a fave. A fave. Mm-hmm. I am shocked. This is Polly, as of right now. Per episode, I think, has the strongest showing. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think she's she shown out. guns fucking blazing. She's shown out better than any of the women we've had so she far. She really has. Uh, she really has. Which I am shocked over because she's very clearly, like, pretty and cute. And that's part of her character. But. But it's that secret shit. Yeah. It's like artist seduction shit. Yeah. You know? Like, it's. One of those things where I'm going to come up and show you and be like, like, feel like I need to be saved, but then mm-hmm. I'm going to come back and stab you in the back. And they let her be screamy, but quite honestly, she screams because there are two big screams. One, because of the rat in the jail cell, which I'm an animal person. I really like don't freak out about things that have four legs for the most part. I do. Yeah, I don't. I, I really don't have a problem with mammal, with most mammals, most reptiles. Um, basically, as, as long as you have like four or less legs, like I'm chill. Mm-hmm. If you live on land, I really like octopus and squid, but that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Um, a rat, on the other hand, a rat's a different ball game. A rat's going to crawl up your pants, like just because of their natural behavior. Right. Um, rats chew on fucking everything. Yeah. They and they'll take crawl no prisoners. Up. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of what was difficult being in prisons at this time is that rats are chewing on the prisoners. Oh, yeah. Like they are really intense and they yeah. do tend to carry diseases that are harmful yep. for humans. Yep. So if I'm seeing a rat somewhere I'm and they're big it. motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. I'm if you've never seen it. a rat, like a real fucking rat, they're Go to New York. Huge. <laughs> They're huge. They're monstrous, right? So I'm not mad at her for screaming at the suddenly seeing a rat. Like, that's difficult. And the other time is when a motherfucker got killed in front of her. Right. Valid. You know, she's she's living in London, working in a high rise, and all of a sudden someone's getting stabbed in front of her. Right. I'm not mad at you for screaming because someone's literally dead in front of it you. It makes sense. Yeah. we. This could be the first time she saw death. Like, who knows? Right. Who knows? I would scream even if it was the 18th time. Like, it, right. I'd be screaming too. Right. We don't need to be throwing knives. Right. Don't throw knives. Right. It's dangerous. Right. People die. Yeah. But I did like that Ben made fun of her for screaming at the rat. Mm-hmm. That was funny. Mm-hmm. I also said that I don't blame her specifically because she's the one that comes up with the plan to get them out of the jail cell. By right. pretending to be the witch and the warlock. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. she's the one that's like, oh, yeah, at this time. Ding. Right. Yeah. She, I, I'm really digging her character so far. The more she's you know. She's sassy. She's smart. Yeah. She's cunning. And she applies it well. Right. right. Yeah. And she's not out here wearing fucking weird ass outfits at different time zones, blowing up their spots. Right. They got there and she said, let me put on these real clothes. Right. Let's put on stuff that makes me look, you know, then she got a little salty that everybody called her lad and like, that's, yeah. look, it's, it's safer Listen, that way, yeah, girl. Like, let's sure. be real. You, you don't, yeah. At this point in time, you don't want to We really don't need caught. to be dealing with yeah. like rape no. in the middle of all yeah. this because no. that's what would be happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. don't, especially with this pirate gang. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we don't, I, I don't we need, need it. I don't need Chera don't need dealing it. with Polly. Let's just deal Ew. with Paul. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I also appreciated that when she got held hostage by Cherub, because we had seen Cherub 
brutally murder so many people at mm-hmm. that point. It's mm-hmm. one of the first times where I truly felt like this bitch could kill her. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't think he's gonna because it's her second episode, but like, mm-hmm. who knows? Mm-hmm. I still feel there was like appropriate tension. Right. For that, where right. it, it really was, oh, how is she going to get out of this? How are we going to save Polly? Because right. this bitch might kill her. Right. He would be the one. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like uh, in the gunfighters where Doc Holliday and Dodo were chilling on the bed just being right. like, mm, we're arrested. Mm, we're here. Yeah. Well, you know. Mm, and in the okay corral. Oh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I just got scrubbed that from my brain with bleach. Welcome back. Oh, damn. <laughs> Um, Any hoot. Yeah, Polly was a badass bitch. She was. She was. I honestly might score her pretty fucking high. Yeah? Like what? I might do like an 8.5. I was thinking an Mm 8.8. Not quite a 9. There needed to- I have high hopes. But I have high hopes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do too. You said 8.5? Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite where I would love a companion- but it's real fucking close. She has a, a she's had a better introduction yeah. than most of our companions. She, I think this could have been a nine to a nine and a half mm-hmm. if the story had been better. Yeah, if she'd been given better things to do. If we had had more space or more monsters or like something, but the, there just wasn't. It's and we'll talk about that in a couple things. But like it was mm-hmm. just such a contrived story yeah. that like there wasn't much. I can feel that. Uh, so that's it for the gang. It's a small gang right now. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. So let's talk about the baddie. Who was your baddie? Pike. The Pike Pirate. Interesting. I chose Cherub. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for me, Cherub and Pike were one and the sure, same. Sure, I can go for that. They were in the game. Pike and Cherub. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Cherub was definitely, he was not afraid to get his hands dirty. Right. Um, but the Pike, it, it, yeah, I think, I think. Cherub was evil because he was Pike's way of keeping his hands clean almost. Right. You know, so yeah, they're one and the same. Yeah, and, and and so it's it's an interesting difference in morality mm-hmm. where I you know, both of them are just as fucking evil yeah. because Pike is Pike is like the Marilyn Manson. Right. And nope. Is that right? Is he the one that killed everybody in LA? Marilyn Manson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. he's the he was the cult leader. Yeah, who, that like, one. Not the hard rock guy that not the death metal guy that Kanye no, no, is no. friends with right now. No. Who's that one? No, that's uh, that's Mar- Marilyn Man- Manson, but that is uh, that is they have different names. It's not the same name. Marilyn Manson, and the other Marilyn one is, Manson is 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 the one the, the 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 guy that's like the goth yeah singer who like took out a rib to suck his own dick yeah. allegedly yeah right. The other one is Charles Manson. Charles Manson. I said Marilyn. Yeah. Manson. <laughs> Pike is like Charles Manson mm-hmm. that orders Cherub to do everything because he, you know, uh, orders Tex to do everything. That way, when he gets held up in court, Pike is like, I didn't do nothing. You can't prove I killed nobody. Right. He did it. Right. Right. But that's evil in and of itself. And it's still you know? super evil. It's like you you order these people to do these things yeah. and you know what the people that you order Yeah, Charles Manson do. is a horrible person. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. Marilyn Manson is as as well. Uh, So what do you give the Pike Cherub uh, pirate crew? Um, You know, that's a valid question. I 
I mean, Cherub was a pretty damn good villain. He he killed everybody. You know, he was he did what he was told. Um, and because I'm I'm putting Pike with him, he's a leader of that. So I'm gonna give him. I would say like a eight point eight. Yeah, I give him a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, because Pike did kill Jamaica. He did. And we got yeah. a nice bloody throat cutting Ugh, yeah. scene there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They were. They were. Like I kind of said with Polly, they were kind of our first baddies where I legitimately, because even with the Daleks, we went from stunning to like murder all over the place. Mm -hmm. But there's some kind of difference in that sci-fi ray gun murder Mm -hmm. and like, like stat, like human interaction Stabbed in the back, stabbed in the chest, right. throat cut. Right. Very gruesome. Because that's relatable. Mm-hmm. Not that I've ever had that happen to me, right. but it is something that you see. can It's much mm-hmm. more, um, ima- like you can imagine that more. Correct. Um, and so to me, it is a little scarier. Right. Especially with somebody who is as just, I don't give a fuck as Cherub. Right. He, he was intense. Yeah. He did not give any fucks. No, not any mm-hmm. fucks. Mm-hmm. So that's going to lead us into our story as a whole. Yeah. I've kind of, you know, I didn't bury the lead very deep in how I feel about right, it. Right, um, I thought it was very, it's a story about smugglers. Right. And there's nothing, it could have been in Doctor Who. It mm-hmm. could have been a children's story in Wishbone. Mm-hmm. It could have been the basis of a book in, you know, The Dark Side of Reading Rainbow. Right. It, you know, very Disney, cha- you know, all of a sudden, Drake and Josh Ugh. get, well, uh, uh, Zach yeah. and Cody, <laughs> you know, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody right. uh, on deck, whatever that one was when they were whatever. on the boats. Yeah, you know, the boat crashes and all of a sudden they're dealing with smugglers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're not dealing with all the blood and guts, but it still felt very... <sighs> Whereas a lot of what we've been dealing with Doctor Who does have... Sometimes they are that basic, but then they include like high politics mm-hmm. or really interesting morality questions mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And this one just felt so fucking basic. Right. I mean, what it makes sense because it was the last one in the installment. So, yeah. You know. And so like, I don't think it's necessarily bad, mm-hmm. but I also would never say it's good. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend this to no. someone to watch for the first time. No. And I think my thoughts about it, like I didn't feel as strongly about it as you do, mm-hmm. because for me, I was coming from it, like from a comedic stance yeah um i was already not really taking it seriously Mm -hmm. so i wasn't really paying too much attention to it like it was painful to get through at some points of course but i had already that that mindset of it being more yeah funny and like thinking about the other pirate show i was watching yeah but like i don't necessarily but that doesn't necessarily like bode well for this story not at all yeah. No, no, no. Like, like the way you're describing it now that I think about it is like, yeah. Had I not had that twist on it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I felt like at the end of episode three, it started to finally feel like a Doctor Who episode. Mm-hmm. But if it takes that long from the first ten minutes of episode one to that much into season right. three, and one of the other big telling things about this is the uh, um, the Sandifer's book that I read, right. Mm-hmm. She takes this chapter of 
talking about this episode to talk about the novelization mm. instead mm. of the fucking episode. Right. Yeah. Which screams to me that like it's another and it's another one of those where it's the viewership was super duper low. Right. There it wasn't it wasn't really exciting. Mm-hmm. It was a story about smugglers. Yeah. And it was a basic story about smugglers. There was no twist on the smuggling. Right. There was no, oh, we're actually, like, a twist, a nice twist would have been that, like, the pirates were actually trying to help the right. town. And, like, mm-hmm. that they were good guys mm-hmm. doing something. Like, that would have been a twist on mm-hmm. smuggling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but everything was very cliche. Right. Nothing outside of the box. So, right. not a bad story, not a great story. What'd you give it? Five point five. I gave it just a straight fucking five. Yeah. Um, I wasn't excited by it. Yeah. The point five for me is because of the comedic aspect sure. that I was envisioning. But sure. yeah, I mean, get on with your bad self. <laughs> Head cannon is worth is. Head cannon is <sighs> worth many many points. So mm-hmm. the fact that you only gave it an extra point five, I'm not mad at. Mm-hmm. But none of that really matters. Because the only thing that truly matters is, was this story neat or not? No. Oh, fuck. Thank <laughs> I can't tell you how nervous I get no. every time. Especially no. when you're like, well, I found this like nice thing about it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. No. Shit. You told me to, 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 to find the positive in the negatives. Yeah, yeah no, I so appreciate that. Especially here we are. It, especially because it leaves me wondering. <laughs> here we are. No, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make it neat. It wasn't. No. Yeah, I thought this was a great reflection of mm-hmm. kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of last season mm-hmm. and the difference in a good story or a decent story and a neat story. There was no flash, there was no pizzazz. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing about this makes me go. You Would not watch recommend. This. Right. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in the canon of episodes, and if you look at uh, one of my favorite things that I've kind of picked up from a podcast that I've listened to, is the perceived fan wisdom. Gotcha. Where like, People will tell you. If you talk to classic Who fans, they will tell you the gunfighter is a shit. Right. Right? Um, and I try not to pay attention to that going in because mm-hmm. I want to make my own opinions. Right. And it's why you're valuable because you have no fucking clue. Blanco. Nobody talks about this episode. <laughs> but yeah. That- so it's not bad and it's not good. Right. It's, it's not just really not talked memorable. about. Yeah. It's a basic ass episode. It's, right. a fil- it's a filler episode. Right. It's that. Epi- it feels like it. It's that yeah. episode of Dragon Ball Z where Piccolo and Goku learn how to drive. Except that's a good episode <laughs> and is incredible and one of my favorites. And this is not. Um. On that note, the next episode, mm-hmm. as we were rounding out the episode, it starts getting cold on the TARDIS. Ben's like, "What the fuck, yo? Where's my parka?" And the doctor's like, yeah, it's pretty fucking, it's pretty fucking cold. Dun, dun, dun. In fact, it's the coldest place on planet Earth. Bum, bum, bum. Narrated by David Attenborough. Bum, bum, bum. I wish. I know. That'd be good. That'd be, That'd be good. amazing. But it's not. Instead, next week is the 10th planet. Yeah. So, uh, toodles. Bye.
Hey all, it's Diana. Thank you so much for listening to the end of the episode. If you want to catch us for another dram, subscribe to get Doctor Who on the Rocks as soon as it's released. And if you think we're neat, please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. You can also check us out at on the rocks pod, all underscored on Instagram, or if you have comments or concerns or even better whiskey recommendations, please send them to media on the rocks pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. We look forward to seeing y'all again in two weeks for the next episode and another glass of whiskey. See you next time.